has many benefits, but sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. View friendship at the problem. Yay. Hi, Trin. Hi, Jen. Trin. Welcome to NerdCon. Welcome. Yeah, please give our, our listeners uh, a sense of place. So, how do we do that? Just describe the setting. Okay, so we're in a giant ballroom in uh, Minneapolis, and it's filled to the brim. Just, like, people, (laughs) like, just front, all the way to the back. They're standing in the back. Some people are a little squashed. and uh, Shoulder to shoulder. People are getting a little upset that they can't make it in here. Yeah, they had to turn away at the door. And you know what? That's okay, because afterwards, we're we're very gracious. We'll go out, and and we'll sign your stuff after the panel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, don't worry. Cool. We're also introducing a third person on our show. Alex, our producer. Say hi, Alex. Hi, Alex. Oh, boo. (laughs) I'm like a dad right now. I'm sorry. She is kind of like podcast dad because uh, we don't really know what to do with all the the new tech that we have to deal with to do this recording. And uh, so we are very grateful for having uh, dad Alex on the panel. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, dad. No worries. Can I borrow the car this weekend, Dad? (laughs) Who here has actually listened to our podcast? It's okay if you haven't. Okay. Yay. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you. So uh, every week, Jen and I answer questions about friendship. So we give friendship advice. So, like, there's podcasts about, like, you know, kissy-smoochy advice. This is not kissy-smoochy advice unless that's how you are with your friends, which is totally acceptable. This is very platonic friends, buddies, social manners advice. So we, um, we get questions from the Internet. We have an ask hole at ask.fm slash dofriendship. Um, so if you want to cram any questions in our ask hole, you can do that. Um, so uh, for now, uh, can you, we're... Can you real quick, can you say, I'm going to practice something, can you say the name of our ask hole again? Yes. Uh, ask.fm slash dofriendship. Oh! I got the ding to work. Oh, I like it. <laughs> okay, cool. You got a good Thanks ding. Thanks for indulging me with that. So these are questions that we've gotten from the internet, uh, and we're going to share them with you, and then um, you'll get a sense of, of who we are and how we answer things. And if you have any friendship questions, it's totally okay if you don't, but if you do, we will answer them near the end. Yeah? Yeah. As history tells us, I always do the first question. That's true, you do. So if I sound a little gravelly, it's because it's gravelly? Gravelly? Gra- gravel? Gravelly? Gravel? It's, be- it's, I, it's because it's a little early, earlier than we've ever done the podcast. Ever. I'm getting a little sick, and I had about a thousand whiskeys last night. Yeah, you did. But here we go. I've known a lot of people who use the illnesses slash misfortune of others to get attention for themselves, which makes me want to be guarded about my health but I'm feeling really alone privately dealing with a chronic illness. Is there a way to become more open with my friends and feel less lonely? First of all, they want community and they want support, but they are afraid that if they do that, then their friends and family will kind of use that as like social currency to get their own, I guess. To feel good. Their friends will use this to feel like a better friend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it says I've known a lot of people who use the illnesses of others. Like, so... This person has seen some bad behavior and it's affecting them. Right. I I think that the first place that this asker needs to go is to understand that a friend or a family's chronic illness does affect a person. You know, they do need support. Um, So when you see somebody, um, you know, on Twitter talking about that um, and they're asking for support in that way. I mean, like back in the day, we used to have like an anonymous live journal, which like would keep your emotions. Some of us still do. Anonymous. <laughs> but so that's like your, your emotional barf bucket. Uh, and and uh, an anonymous live journal keeps the barf. It's a much better containment field than a public Twitter account. Then, yes. 
A lot of people can see that on, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I think that what this person is asking is that I want to talk to my friends. I just don't want them to uh, make their barf so public. <laughs> that is such a good metaphor. Yeah. Yeah, right? that wasn't sarcasm. That was really good. Cool. So this reminds me of a little thing you taught me about, Trin, which is something we've been calling like an emotional information sheet. And... Um, those are something that you have to put the work in, unfortunately, because I don't like asking people to do work, but in this case, you kind of do. So you should create an info sheet that explains what your illness in your own terms to your friends, and you will require that they read it before they ask you anything about your illness. Yeah. <laughs> they have homework. You're giving your friends homework. Uh, personally, I love homework. So Me too. I'm yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, this will be work for you to make, but maybe cathartic as well. Um, an info sheet contains information like, um, here are questions you probably want to uh, ans- ask me, and here are the answers ahead of time, so you don't, I don't have to answer this a million times. Or here are things you may be thinking. Uh, here's why it's inappropriate to say them out loud, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, I did this when I was going through a breakup. As I just uh, I took a, a, some time, I put together an email, and I was like, I'm going through this breakup. This is how I feel about it. This is how I would like you to feel about it. This is the FAQ. And now this is how I want you to react when somebody asks you about my breakup. Because that, that is like the key. So for me, it was really important for like, if somebody asks you, tell them. Because I don't want to do it anymore. Uh, but for this person, if somebody asks, they want them to, to not. Like the, the, the rule set is please keep this to yourself. You are at the center of it. You get to make the rules of and set the terms of how your friends handle it to, with other people. I totally agree. I like that you said at the center of it because there's this one thing that we've brought up before in the podcast, which is the concentric circles of like social caring. Uh, and I wish I could remember where I, I read this. But I Googled uh, it this morning. Oh, did you? Do yeah. you know who made it? Uh, no. Oh, well. That's fine. We'll yeah. put it up on the site. We'll fix it in post. Uh, so it, what it is is um, <clears throat> the person with the illness is at the centermost part of this diagram of concentric circles. The next circle out is the close friends and family of this person. The next circle out is their extended friends. And then the next circle out is the public. Uh, and to go with the barf bucket analogy, you don't get to barf into the circle inside of yours. So your close friends don't get to barf into your bucket about your illness. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're sick. <laughs> they can't do that. But they can go to the people outside of that circle and say, like, hey, friend of a friend, I'm going to barf. Oh, God, I can't believe they're sick. And they'll yeah. be like, okay, let me wipe you down with some handy wipes. Uh, and then that's okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I love that trend. As a friend to the person with the illness, it is your job to understand that you can go to other people and be like, I'm really upset because my friend is sick, but you probably should never go to the person that is ill and be like, I'm so upset. Right. There may be a moment for that, but in general, I'm going to say it's not your place. And in this situation, this center circle, this person with the illness gets to also stipulate, please don't barf all over the public. Barf on your mom. Barf on your husband. <laughs> I think that's the title of the episode. Barf on your mom. Oh, true story. Can I tell a story about how I barfed on my mom? Oh, of course. I think I know this story. <laughs> yeah, no, you definitely Please. know this story. Yeah, I don't think anyone else does. Please share. So I, one time I was like cataloging how when you become emotionally close with somebody, the closer you get, the more disgusting and despicable you can be with them. Uh, and I remember it was midnight mass, uh, Christmas Eve, probably 97. So uh, I'm in, 
I'm sitting in a pew, and um, my mom hears me make these little, like, noises. Because I had had some of my Aunt Marietta's calamari spaghetti uh, for the first time. And, uh, And so she starts emptying her coat pocket onto the pew, and I didn't quite understand why. And then she, then I'm like, and she's like, Trin, like, and she kind of opens her coat pocket. And I just go to town in that coat pocket. Like, and it was, so again, it's calamari spaghetti. So it was oh, red God. and hunky. I'm so sorry. I know it's early in the morning, but, <laughs> but I need you to understand how really dope mom moment there. Uh, she was doing, hold on, wait. Well, what? Hold on. Do you, do you have a sound clip? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so, so, uh, yeah. Can I share, uh, this is a quick one about how good of a friend my friend Nadia is. Yes, I it's, love Nadia. So, uh, yeah, Nadia's great. So one time we were, it was right after we both graduated college, and this was when we still went to, like, crappy college bars. Um, and we went to this, this bar that was serving, like, uh, they, they drew in college students by offering them, like, free food with, like, a happy hour deal. So, like, of course we go. went, because we had, like, no money. So we went, and, uh, we were eating tacos, and the only, it, the bar was so crowded. I can't believe, this is something I would never do now because I don't like being around people. But at the time, I was pretty okay with it. So I was eating like tacos with my hands without even a plate, like at like a bar quietly, and uh, just like watching people. And uh, I, I got myself into this taco situation where uh, I had no napkins, and there was like taco in my mouth, and like I couldn't reach a napkin, and I was kind of stuck. And it was like dripping off my hands, and Nadia just so leans gross. over like as she's like mid-sip of her drink, and just like puts her hand underneath my, <gasps> to catch the taco in her hand, and like clean up for me and I could then like she did the thing and I was like thanks and then we looked at each other and we're like oh holy shit like oh whoa, we're like married yeah. <laughs> yeah I'll never forget that because you don't need to do that for your friends to be like close friends but yeah. it was a moment of like oh man you just my taco juice is in your hand and you're okay with it that could be the title of the episode too taco juice <laughs> my taco juice is in your hand wait I, well, I also wanted to wrap up so so after I barfed into the pocket <laughs> Uh, so she takes off her coat and she folds it and just puts it behind her. And we were going to go about mass as normal. Like that was going to be wow. it. Like, but then the priest came down from the altar and takes us, uh, I don't know what you call this, but like backstage. At a tour? Catholic. Backstage tour? Yeah. I, yeah. And you so got just, VIP passes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just kind of like hung out back there with like the deacon and like chilled because they didn't want me puking all over their church. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's the end. That's the whole thing. That's incredible. Good work, Mom. I, I have a quick uh, another puke story yes. Uh, yes. For, yes. about Trin. Uh, yes. so, so at our old office, we had a very, it was very small, and um, there was one bathroom, and you could hear absolutely everything that went on in there. Um, so I had an allergic reaction, and uh, I, I went into the bathroom and had to throw up a bit. And Trin, knowing exactly what to do in this situation, um, put on v- uh, like very calming music, but very loudly, so that nobody could hear the dinosaur noises I was making, <laughs> and like slipped Gatorade th- and saltines oh. through the door, and it was like one of the kindest things anyone's ever done for me the end that's so good thanks we can all do that for one another when we're all barfing yeah (laughs) metaphorically and physically play the loud calming music so nobody hears you vomit okay (laughs) uh so i feel like honestly so on that note did we did we answer this question i do i do because i think that the, the 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 question is solved by the asker being extremely clear in what is expected of their close friend group when they talk to them about their illness and i mean i Honestly, if people don't want to be 
jerks. Like in, in general, people are jerks because they don't know or they don't care. And when you're going to your close friends, first of all, they care. And then when you tell them what to do and how best to take care of you, then they know. Um, so just making all those things really, really clear, I think, is going to have, have this person in a support network that has the knowledge to know how to love them. Right. I think you can give your friends the opportunity to really rise to the occasion. I agree. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'm into it. Do yeah. Do you want to do like, the next one? Yeah. All right. Can I read it? Please do. I will. Okay. I have an old friend we haven't regularly talked in about five years who just got engaged. She doesn't have very many close friends, probably because she sucks. (laughs) And she keeps texting me her wedding updates every day, even though I really don't care. Uh, She gets upset if I don't respond to her, and I don't want to be mean, even though she sucks. What do I do to end this cordially? So this asker does not leave any room for us to ask, well, does she suck? <laughs> she sucks. Twice in that question, we, got, we learned that she sucks. Um, but how much does she, does she suck? Yeah. I'm learned that, you know when you see a word over and over again, it starts to lose its meaning? That's yes. where I'm at with this word. I do, too. I and, mean, like, it, it, suck can mean a myriad things. One could be, like, she's a dick. Uh, and one can be like, eh, she's annoying. And I don't, uh. Well, let's, she's definitely being annoying. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So annoying. they haven't talked in f- uh, regularly in five years, and she's texting her every day about her wedding. There's something deeply upsetting about that. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Let's, like, let's dive into this. <laughs> <laughs> so the first thing that we always say is that you can end a reaction. If you want to just end something, you can just be a jerk. Like, you can just end it and be a jerk, and that person won't talk to you again. Yeah, that's always an option. That it is always an option to say, listen, I, we haven't talked in a long time for a reason, blah, 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 blah. Like, you can do it. I don't recommend it. But you can do it, and then it's done. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, clearly that's not what they want to do. Yeah, but they the, said end it cordially. End it cordially. Oh, man. So that's, what, that's what's rough. So you need to do essentially, like, some, some measure. This person is using the asker as their wedding outlet and their stress outlet, basically without their consent. Like there wasn't, we always, uh, when you unload on someone, Trent and I always advocate for being like, hey, can I have 10 minutes of your time? I had a really rough day and I need to barf on you. Yeah. (laughs) That was what they call a callback, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I need to barf on you. Is that okay? Like I need some dumping ground. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Emotional dumping ground. Um, I love that phrase. (laughs) It's useful. And this person is giving no room to even... There's no consent happening in how much they are texting them. And I understand text messages are very casual, but they're not casual with someone you haven't talked to in five years. Right. Yeah, that's not casual. That's like a big, like, whoa, you need some kind of introduction there, and it sounds like that didn't happen at all. Like, whoa, you still have my number? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, wow, you haven't lost and broken your iPhone? You still have my number? That would be my first question. (laughs) Uh, So I, I feel like the first way to react to this is to act as though this person who sucks is a reasonable person. So a reasonable, rational person, if you said to them, honestly, I don't have the time and energy right now to do this. Uh, like, I, I'm, so, I'm excited that you're getting married. I'm glad that you're happy. Um, but I can't add this onto my plate. I think a reasonable person would be like, 
okay, new person, new person to find this with, you know? Right. Um, because there's a mi million reasons why you don't want to hear about a wedding. One is that you don't like it. Two is that, like, maybe you had, like, a left-at-the-altar experience. Yeah, maybe, you just, maybe you're going through a breakup. Maybe you're going through a breakup. Like, yeah. there's so many reasons why you won't want to hear about this particular happiness in someone's life. So to... Just like I said, pretend this person is reasonable. Even though they doesn't sound like they're being yeah. reasonable about this. Right. You can also say, I don't have much to offer you. Yeah. <laughs> like, because it doesn't sound like you do. You don't know this person very well. You don't know how to respond to their stresses. And you can, you can say that or you can not offer much of an explanation. That's always up to you. Right, right. I think um, at the end of the day, it's you start with the reasonable explanation and then go to the, honestly, I just don't have much to offer you at this juncture in my life. <laughs> and then it's, okay, we're done here. Because if they keep texting you after that, then they're contacting you without you wanting to con do the contacting. You can mute them. I would mute them. Yeah. I'd mute them. Yeah. Mute them. Yeah. Done. Blocked. <laughs> That's always an option. So the good news, if you don't want to mute them. Um, I do. Uh, Trin does. Uh, if you aren't sure about that, there is kind of an end date because there's a wedding. Oh, yeah. Happening. They're going to eventually be married. Yeah. Un unfortunately, that can take a very long time. Yeah, it can. Yeah. Also, there's all the honeymoon, and they probably want to, like, talk about how the day went. So, like... <laughs> there's also, like, the end date of what if this person asks the asker to, like, be in the wedding party? That's a very real fear because this... Yeah. She clearly thinks that you care. Yeah, and you've given her no cues. Well, maybe they. I feel like the asker has accidentally given some cues by sporadically right. responding to texts, but Being not regularly. Being a nice, decent, exactly. Person. And then the other person kind of latched onto that in a way that is unfair. So no matter what, no matter what happens, definitely get in that wedding. No, see what it's no, about. no. <laughs> yeah, no, no, definitely. No. Yeah. No, you will spend hundreds of dollars on a dress you will wear once for a person you care about very little. <laughs> But please. it will be hilarious. No, don't do it. Don't do it. I did that one time. Please, I'm speaking from experience. Yeah, I know. I know. I know this is a sensitive question to Trin because she's kind of been through that. I actually have definitely been through that. And let me tell you something. Don't say yes to being a bridesmaid unless you really like the person. Because bridesmaiding is a part-time job and you can't get out of that job for months. Yeah, and no health care benefits. You spend mon You lose money at the job. It's the worst kind of job there yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like a, unpaid internship. Right, like a really shitty unpaid internship. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so I guess the so if you can't take on an unpaid internship at this time, don't say, <laughs> don't say yes. I will be your bridesmaid. So the in conclusion is first act reasonably, second be a little more firm, then give the very firm no. And I like I said, I would mute them because this is clearly a person who does not care whether or not you are interested in listening to them. Yeah, they really need um, a different outlet. An, a therapist. I was going to say therapist or a live journal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, I have both. <laughs> yeah, me too. Or I don't have a live journal anymore. R.I.P. I miss those days. Or like an internet friend who is like really eager to chat. Do you know who that is? Tumblr. Tumblr is the internet live journal that is very eager to chat and very yeah. friendly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This person needs a fucking Tumblr. Oh, God. I love, I love Tumblr so much. <laughs> All right. Last question. Do you want to make Alex read it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, she doesn't have it. Hi. Here you go. <laughs> And then I need it back. This guy. Thank you. It says I am a bride. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> I am a birthday person. I send cards, give gifts, and bake treats for friends, but I don't usually get much birthdaying in return, and it usually leaves me in a slump when the only wishes I get are on Facebook. Is there something I can do, or should I just accept my friends aren't birthday people? I love that they use the phrase birthday people because that is a category. We don't often categorize people, but that is a for real thing. Yeah. And they are an endangered species. <laughs> Like, they, they become more and more rare as we get older, uh, and we realize that, like, birthdays are, yes, like, it's an anniversary of our birth and a time to celebrate, but it's also, like, a year closer to death. I mean, like, that's, and, and I don't want to be morbid, but I mean, like, in reality, we all think that in the Some back people, of our heads. Is there anyone in this room, please raise your hand, that you would say you are a birthday person? Oh, nice. James is totally a birthday person. Nice. Yeah. Oh, good. Wow. I'm, I did not raise my hand. Yeah. I'm a, I like celebrating the birthdays of my... I might be a reluctant birthday person. I like to buy cakes. I just like going out to dinner and someone t- taking care of the details. Yeah. I like being planned for. That's what I like. I, I, I do. But so this is... The crux of it is, and Jen, I think you really hit on it already, is that celebration is work. It is work. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, and being thoughtful is a lot of work, too. It is. Wow. No one is effortlessly thoughtful. Yeah. Like, people can, like, pretend, or they can be, like, you know, Leslie Nope, in that she's a fictional character. Yeah, but, like, to plan a birthday, like, those are details you have to take care of. Yeah, and and dates you have to remember. Right. There are many numbers floating around your head. Uh, And and I think also everybody has a short list of people that they celebrate and, and are obligated to celebrate. And expanding that list is a lot of work. Yeah, that's true. Like, there's, like, your your main circle, and you always, you know when it's their birthday. Right. Like, yeah. your brother, your parents, your boyfriend, like, that sort of thing. Right. Right. And then expanding that further is, again, like, really, really hard. So how do we have, help this person? To repeat the question, um, I'm a birthday person. I send gifts, cards, bake treats for friends. None of my friends do the same. Is there something I can do, or should I just accept my friends aren't birthday people? I think that if they want a birthday celebration, then they have to do some coordination. Uh, themselves? I know. Oh, and it's, it's so, so fun. awkward. I, Happy birthday to me. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you know, it, it's, it's, it's one of those things that, like, nobody knows you want it until you ask for it. That's true. We do advocate a lot. You have to ask for your – if you don't ask for a seat at the table, you'll never be invited in a lot of cases. Um, I have a friend who, if it's uh, two months out from her birthday, lets me know it. Yeah, yeah. I have a friend who's like, uh, if I, I'm like, oh, I'm traveling like to San Diego in July, she'll be like, you know what else is in July? <laughs> and, and I love that because it's funny, but also she's reminding me like, you're doing something for my birthday. Like yeah. she tells me directly because she picked me. I, I was the chosen one. <laughs> Two of my best friends uh, were born on 9-11. Uh, so I will never Too forget. Too soon. And, uh, <laughs> but, but the great thing that about that is that they actually... Well, I won't. Uh, yeah. But the great thing that they do is they actually do birth week. So because they're both born on the same day, they coordinate like a like a series of events of like a dinner, blah blah. Because blah, they know all of the, our friends are busy. So right. like you can show up to one or, or more of those. That's things. very nice of them. Yeah. So I mean, if you have a birthday buddy, that's super. Yeah, you could find someone that's born in the same month and just combine. Yeah, unless yeah. you want the spot for yourself. Right. 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 I, I guess the the conversation with your friends or like the the mass email starts out like 
I'm putting together a birthday party because I survived this year, and damn it, we're going to celebrate it. Uh, and you are going to go, and you are going to bring a potluck baked good. I love that. And Trin, we, this is really good. And we are going to watch Disney movies, and we are going to smile and compliment each other. Like, that's what you got to do. And then you have to email everybody. You got to plan it a month and a half out. Yeah. Remind them a month before, two weeks before, and the day before. You know what? I said it was awkward to plan for yourself, but it's actually not. That was great. Yeah. yeah. Tell What's that phrase we always use that I stole from Tumblr? Oh, you teach your friends how to love you. You're yeah. a birthday person. Tell your friends that. You want to celebrate. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. I know we've been a little jokey. We've been having some fun and some right. goofs up right. here. But uh, it is okay to be a birthday person. I it's okay to enjoy your life. <laughs> yeah, no, I think so too. Yeah. Uh, and I think that uh, there's probably this feeling around birthday people being like, oh, I just want this to be about me, blah, 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 blah. There's nothing wrong with that either. No one's going to feel like mad that you want a cake on your birthday they shouldn't yeah that would be like really yeah yeah wow way to make this day of your birth all about you (laughs) yeah (laughs) alex what do you think (laughs) i said i would throw to alex and she did not want me to do that so alex what do you think uh um, are you, here, let me ask you this. Are you a birthday person? No. Okay, good Lord, no. You're, are you an extreme not birthday person? I, I'm not. And um, However, one year I did want to celebrate my birthday because a documentary was coming out. Um, and people always ask me, what? <laughs> why is that so funny? Because we all know what you're going to say, yeah. Alex. Because there are people in this audience that know you very well. Um, <laughs> and that is so not a surprise. And, and uh, people always ask me how I want to celebrate my birthday. And I'm like, nothing uh just ignore it and uh my good friends really do ignore it and i love it um like the the best thing and usually until the end of the day where i get like a bombard of texts um but one year i the day of my birthday i sent out an invitation i'm like we are watching a movie in the theater there's no reason we're watching this but there will be cake and there will be hats so i actually did kind of plan my own birthday um and it was sort of an exercise in uh, again reiterating to my friends like this is how you can uh appreciate me on this day which seems very weird but people were very nice and we watched a movie in silence and nobody talked and it was great that was amazing (laughs) incidentally there will be cake i don't know why just a coincidence? <laughs> Nothing to do with my birthday. I don't know. It was a Steve Jobs documentary. It was a Steve Jobs documentary. I got a cake that said Steve Jobs is dead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, that's and, right. And, and the people, uh, I don't know if they like got it, but they put an exclamation point at the end. Did <laughs> <laughs> oh, it also say Steve Jobs is yeah, dead? Yeah, they also spelled yeah. his name wrong, and yeah. they, they capitalized Steve, but not Jobs. So it was very... Anyway, it was a good birthday, though. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I enjoyed that cake. <laughs> so, to reiterate, there's nothing wrong with being a birthday person, just because some of us are not. And it's very sweet that you send cards and gifts and treats for your friends. Yeah. They probably, uh, man, you're, you're a, a real nice Leslie Note, yeah. which is awesome. You can pat yourself on the back for being super thoughtful, but uh, I think in conclusion, if there's one thing you cannot count on your friends to do, it is be thoughtful. Like you can't count on somebody to remember something. Oh right. Like so you need so if you want something done, like it is good to be the impetus of the thoughtfulness. Yeah, man. If there's anything I've learned, uh, 
in the last couple of years, it's that you have to wave and shout to get your friends to remember something. And that is, there's nothing wrong with that because my friends, people have a lot going on in their brain. Like yeah. they have a lot of shit to deal with. So to be like, hey, this is the third time I'm reminding you, my birthday, let's do something. And to do it not in the tone that I just used would be a, would be a good idea. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Do you have, does anyone have any questions? Cool. I see a hand. I figured that outside of high school, outside of college, the drama in friends groups would finally end, and no. turns out that's not true in my social life. <laughs> so what do you do when you have a group of friends who kind of just splits off because of a bunch of drama, and you're stuck in the middle, but you want to do something like a group hangout or plan your own birthday party or anything like that? How do you oh, do that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I want to reiterate that the drama never ends because it's not young people who are dramatic, it's human beings. It is. And I mean, uh, and everybody has uh, a, a certain level of emotional reaction to everybody else's business, um, and that doesn't end. The unfairness of life. Ding. Ding. I don't feel like bringing up my phone. <laughs> I'm going to think about this a little bit more, but I can, off the top of my head, I can think of some things that maybe you should avoid, which is straining yourself to heal these groups. It doesn't sound yes. like that's what you're doing. I just want to, does anyone else considering doing this? Um, I think you don't need to kill yourself to get, to make these people get along because that's not your job and it'll never happen. <laughs> right. Right, yeah. right. Just accepting that sometimes friendships end and they just do. And it doesn't make them any less worthwhile than when they existed. Um, sometimes that happens. But your issue is you want to throw yourself a birthday party and you want the, everybody to come. Not again, not going to happen. Uh, uh, it's the good news is you get to have two parties. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I think that the the issue moving forward in planning an event with a split friend group is making sure that nobody feels like the other group was prioritized. And I again think that that is unless a, you do have a preference, in which case you can pr prioritize the hell out of one of them. Just, right, we're going to brunch. Screw those other people. Yeah, um, man. It's really like a divorce happened in the friend group sometimes. It's really like, like yeah. the schism. It's it can, you, people talk a lot about like relationship breakups and how dramatic that can be, but friendship breakups also are terrible. Yeah, They yeah. can really be like a dividing point in your life when like a f group splits off. But it sounds like you're friends with both groups still. Is that correct? Okay. Yeah. Um, and typically when that happens, both friend groups are aware that there's a split. So nobody thinks that everybody's still friends, right? So that's the good news, is that you don't have to be like, hey, I'm going to hang out with this group of people because alone because you hate them. They already know that they hate them. Um, so, so that's good. I think you should make it clear that you are not like the go-between between this group either. Like you are happen? friends with them, and you are friends with them, and that is life. That is okay, and they should accept that. Yeah. Um, and, and hopefully they won't come up. You know, hopefully it'll just be understood. Uh, because, again, um, there was a split in the group, both sides understand that you are friends with them and not with each other. I hope they accept that. Do they accept that? Most of the time. Good. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. That's okay. better than usual. Yeah. 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 So let's say for this birthday thing, let's say you, you do like hang out with one group one night, another group the other to celebrate you. Um, if the other group ever gets mad about this or another similar situation, you can address that or like let them have their stupid anger like let them they're going to probably find reasons to be mad at each other if i had to guess and i hope that it doesn't center around you yeah i mean it doesn't i think that the way that you make it not center around you is i want to have two birthday parties i i love all of you 
uh, I want to celebrate my birthday and I want to do it the way that I want to. Um, I don't want to make this uncomfortable for anyone and this is the solution that I came up with. Um, it's, it's really just a straightforward two sentence and if you're mad about this, then like what, what can I do for you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the path of, of least resistance here is to explain what you want and that you're not, you're not doing it to cause conflict, you're doing it for the opposite reason. Right. I think that at the end of the, in conclusion, it is that we acknowledge that this situation is not fun. And yes, it's, it sucks. It does. Uh, and, and navigating other people's feelings is always really tricky. Um, but it's going to take a lot of being upfront with how you feel and with them being upfront on how they feel. Yay. Anybody else have a question? <laughs> oh, hi. 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 <laughs> so I know this girl who I met through mutual friends. And every time we try hanging out as a group, we always have a lot of fun together. Um, but every time I try to make plans with her just to hang out individually, she always seems to make plans and then cancel them at the last minute. And I kind of want like, I kind of am getting the idea that she doesn't want to hang out with me just one-on-one, -on -one, but I don't want to actually, like, come out and ask her because just in case, like, things do keep coming up, I don't want her to be offended. Mm -hmm. So do you guys have any advice or anything? Yeah, so there are types of people who just don't like hanging out one-on-one -on -one with people. Uh, they, they feel more comfortable in a group just in general, and this could be the case for this Yeah, person. this person could be introverted in that it's they have to do more heavy lifting in a one-on-one -on -one hangout they have to feel like it's just tiring for them and it's no reflection on you yeah. they could just prefer group hangouts uh it is a bummer though that uh they're agreeing and then canceling is that yeah. what yeah that's unfortunate and pretty that's rude to you yeah yeah it seems like they have such high hopes that like yes i can make it work this time and then when they get close to it they're like oh wait i don't have the emotional energy for that uh, and which I think is, is really the crux of a lot of people canceling on plans with their friends in general. It's just like, actually, do I have the energy to do this? Like, do I have the emotional wherewithal? Uh, and I don't. Um, so I think that the next step is to leave it in this person's court uh, and say, like, hey, like, I would have really liked to have hung out. Um, how about the next time, um, like, you want to get coffee or something? Can you reach out to me? Uh, because then that makes them do the work and then you don't get rejected, and it's more clear as to what they want. And, and then if they make the plans and they cancel them, then they're, they're just kind of being a prick. Yeah. Okay. They're headed toward that territory of prick territory, I would say. Did you have a follow-up? I feel like you had the... No, that was pretty much it. Um, oh. So the other thing I was thinking... Wait, I'm going to lose my thought. Hold on, hold on. Oh, uh, you don't need to answer this. Um, in fact, I think it's more something you should think about. How how are they prioritizing you in other ways? Like, is this person being a good friend in other ways, and this is, like, their one thing they're, like, crappy about? Because everyone's crappy about some things. I've, I've been this friend before where I was like, I'm going to hang out, and we're going to have the best time on Friday night, and then I'm like, oh, my God, I have been dreading this hangout, even though I love my friend for the entire week. Yeah. And it has no reflection on the friendship. Uh, and in other ways, I was a better friend. So I think you could do some thinking like, you know, this friend sucks because they bail every time, but they really come through for me here, here, here. And if they might not. If you're like, maybe actually they're not doing a lot for me. Is this truly one-sided? That might be something to consider. Mm -hmm. If we, we have time for just a couple more questions. James. Hi, James. Hey. So I have a question, obviously. I travel a lot, 
and I am a chronic snorer. I snore (laughs) very loud. I'm sorry. I'm not laughing at your pain. I'm just laughing because I like you so much. It's just it's just what happens. I snore very loud. It's something that. What a delight. Yeah. So, as a courteous friend, is do you think that I should invest in like pads or something to calm snoring for in courtesy of my friends that I share rooms with a lot? Or is this something that should just be accepted? So this is like a courtesy question, right? Yeah, it yeah. is. Well, so here's the thing. So I have I have a weird perspective on this because uh, I have gotten used to some things that people that I share rooms with do. So like I've gotten used to things over time. You know Are you saying? looking at me? No. <laughs> Uh-oh. Do I snore? No, you just kick a lot in the night. <laughs> and it's really cute. Okay. Uh, good. This is good information to have on this, to find out here on this podcast. <laughs> I told you already. No. Okay. This has been enlightening for me. Uh, but like you, James, get... don't change a thing. You're fine. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Fuck the other person. Uh, You're doing great. No. Well, so that's the thing is that like people who who you travel with often, they'll get used to your habits right off the bat. Like I, I leave my pajamas in the bathroom all the time, and I'm sure that annoys Jen. And I fart nope. constantly, and no. she can't smell anything, and it's perfect. Uh, so this like, is like turning in. You guys are learning a lot of information about me. <laughs> well, and me. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, the, we, we're all coming together in this. Uh, so th- I think that that's where, that's where you need to, to, to make the decision. Is if, like, so if you're traveling with Cher all the time, and she's like, dude, the snoring. So there we go. Like, you guys have a solution that you don't, you don't need to, to solve. Uh, but, like, if somebody's saying, like, Hey, this is really disruptive for me. Could you try something? The little pads, I feel like they're like five bucks. You can like also head this off at the pass with someone. Like if you have a new roommate, like it sounds like you and Cher have travel together a lot. But if you travel with someone new, you can be like, I'm always off the bat. I say, I snore. So here, have some earplugs. <laughs> yeah, carrying earplugs yeah. is so nice. If I'm like fighting off a cold like I am right now, I'm way more likely to snore. And I like to just come out with it, even though it's kind of embarrassing. Because I always say like, I don't care if you throw a pillow at me, as long as it makes me stop. <laughs> it would be, you'd be doing me a kindness. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that the the baseline courtesy is bringing earplugs with you, and then the next thing is if somebody actually says out loud, "This is this is disruptive," then we, there can be situations that you can you can figure out. I think it's so sweet that you care. I think that that's a sweet you can, question. Your follow-up question is, isn't it sweet that I care? <laughs> <laughs> and it is. It is. Great. Cool. All right. So we have just like a few. Uh, we've got like, we're going to probably wrap up at 10 because I don't think we could fill an hour and a half. And I'm getting sleepy. Yeah, I'm getting tired. Uh, <laughs> so let's take one more question and then just go through our most commonly asked friendship questions. That sounds good. All right, in the front. Hi. So I have two friends that I'm very close with, and um, when we hang out together, sometimes they start talking about things that they're both interested in, but I'm not interested in, and I feel like I'm not included in the conversation, and I don't want to, like, change the subject because they're talking about something that that they're both very interested in, but I don't know, like... So I just sit there, and I'm awkward, and I don't know what to say. So I wonder—I was wondering if you had any advice for me. 
I very much have advice about that. Because um, so we work in a co-working space where most people are designers, uh, and I am not. And I swear to God, there have been like 20-minute conversations about fonts where I'm just like, are you kidding me? This is still <laughs> happening. Um, so, so first of all, um, if people if – do your friends know that you don't know anything about this topic? Um, well, I used to be interested in it. And then I stopped being interested, so I know a little bit about it. Is it Doctor Who? No, it's a YouTube oh. channel. I, I very much like Doctor Who still. Okay, so we, we could talk. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that they probably, if they don't know that that's what's happening, then you can very, I think, politely speak up and just like, hey, guys, I actually don't know much about this subject. Um, let's talk about something else. And I know that that seems weird and rude, but they are unknowingly being rude by excluding you from the conversation. Yeah, nerds do this a lot. Nerdy yeah. people who are very passionate about their thing, like Fonts or Doctor Who, whatever it is, uh, and they get really excited to talk about their thing. And they accidentally do it. Especially, it's rude to do it with, like, you have no other option but to listen. You can't, like, go and, like, entertain yourself in a different way. And I, I really wish I could give advice to those people rather than to you, because to them I would say, like, hey, uh you're kind of leaving someone out here. And everyone does that at some point, but repeatedly doing it is, a, is kind of a, a shitty thing to do. Yeah, you're not being rude by changing the subject. They're being rude by excluding you. Um, and the degree at which you can be direct depends on how much they know. So if they do it once and you're like, actually, I, I don't know anything about this. We could talk about A and B and C. I would say have like a topic ready just to kind of like pop in there. But if they do it again, it's just like then they are knowingly excluding you from the conversation, and that's just that's just impolite. Um, it's just not thoughtful, and, and uh, yeah. We always, uh, when people ask us like how to communicate this to their friends, we always advocate for like you get to choose the language and tone you bring. And at first, you can be extremely polite if you want to be. You can be like, "Hey guys, I still don't know anything about this." <laughs> Something. Everyone's head turned and looked that way. Is everything okay? It sounded okay? like a baby yeah. dinosaur. Oh, yeah. Hi. <laughs> anyway. I thought, like, got it. Um, yeah. I forget my train of thought. Yeah, but the dinosaur was kind of off-putting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you were saying that you can choose um, how direct you want to be and how polite you want to be uh, and then base your reaction off of that. Yes. Yes. You did great. Thank you. <laughs> is, that, is that good? Uh, yeah, that, that's good. Thank cool. you. All right, we can talk Thank again you. later. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we, all right. um, I have kind of a follow-up question to that. Yeah, Is that okay? Alex, so I'm I'm like this person where I, did, I I can talk about Apple products for for hours and hours. <laughs> yes. Uh, in yes, case you, you can. haven't noticed. Um, what would be a good way for me to be like ask my friends who are into this be like, hey, we're gonna hang out and talk about this and not and let my friends who are like we like Android um, not feel <laughs> disclosed unincluded I think even just saying like we're gonna go do our nerd thing over here yeah seriously I think it is that simple Trin has gotten in a conversation probably I can't know about what Dragon Age maybe where she's talking with someone about it and then she goes okay I swear we're gonna wrap this up and then they finish and they wrap it up and that's really like a good social cue to be like hey I know you're still there we're just having we're just gonna finish this extremely dorky conversation yeah it was extremely dorky and it's cute because and it's sweet to be like by the way I haven't forgotten about you I recognize what we're doing it's a, we're going to do it for like one more minute and then finish off here. And right. that's like a, a very polite courtesy that I, I hope your friends learn to borrow. Yeah, like having a nerd tangent um, with a bunch of people. And call it that. And call it that. Like, I'm so sorry about this nerd tangent. We're going to do like five more sentences because I'm very excited. And then we're going to wrap it up. Yeah. Um, that's a good thing. And I like, Alex, to your, to your follow-up questions. Like, I love the idea of 
we're gonna go in this corner of the room and we're gonna talk about Apple products for 20 minutes because we're, we both wanna do that. Um, yeah. People in the office do this a lot, actually. Alex is in our co-working space as well. And uh, we literally have Slack channels dedicated to certain things that we like so it doesn't like flood into other people's mentions, basically, and bother people. Wait, you, should have, you should start an Apple Slack. We don't worry, we have it. Oh, nice. <laughs> Like, if you're uh, unfamiliar, Slack is a group chat program that you can like make channels and and we have like a girl gang chat for all like the little ladies and and apparently there's an Apple chat. Thank God. I noticed no one's invited us to it. <laughs> <laughs> Great. All right. So let's wrap up this last eight minutes with just a few questions that we get so regularly um, and so often um, that we feel like they're just uh, worth bringing up and uh, wrapping up this talk with. Yeah. Um, here's a question I think we can answer in very. Well, we'll see. Uh, should I ask my friend why she followed me on Twitter? Why unfollowed she, me on Twitter. You should never ask someone why they unfollowed you on Twitter. There's never a good reason to do this. Uh, I think that the primary reason why people ask this question is because they want to know, what did I do wrong and how can I change my future behavior on Twitter? Why would you, ch don't change how you interact with the internet or how you speak to the public because of one person saying, I don't want to see it in my feed. Or what made you mad so I can lean in and do it again. <laughs> <laughs> right. Either like, way, you're not going to get a, I don't, you're not going to get a good response. You're not going to get a response that makes you feel happy and good or a response that will make the other person feel happy and good. I really think it just breeds resentment. And I know it sucks to wonder what you did, right. but those feelings will fade. Yeah. It's really the, it's the discomfort, the, the conversation is way more uncomfortable than the information that you will gather will be relevant and useful. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, you're not, don't change your behavior on the internet just because of one person, right? Yeah. Yeah. You Instagram your lunch every day if you want to. <laughs> um, should we do another rapid fire one? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do like two. Okay. How do I stop feeling jealous of my successful friends? So we get this a lot. I would say we get this like a couple times a month, um, some iteration of this. Um, and, and what we always want people to remember is that success is not objective and it is always temporary, which sounds really uh, negative, but it's not. Um, but your judgment of success is, is temporary and your life will change and you will have ups and downs. Um, and to not, I think people have a problem with putting their more successful friends, quote unquote, in like another echelon that they could like never get into. Like, why do these people want to hang out with me? Um, and people are just people and things happen that are good or bad. Yeah, success is temporary and it's very subjective. And I, I hope we get, we do get this question a lot. And one of the things we always say is what does success actually mean to you? Because that's kind of dicey. Like, does that, do they make a lot of money? Cause that doesn't matter in a friendship. Right. Like examine what it, what successful means and make sure it's a parameter by which you really want to judge your friends. Cause it's probably not. Right. And then how do you feel about your friends that you feel are less successful? Do you feel like <laughs> yeah. you are like stooping to hang out with them? Then that's a you problem. Like this is now like a, a you problem. Yeah. you got some, some, thinking to do <laughs> some internal digging yeah yeah great um let's do this and then wrap it up on this cool. why am i so bad at small talk because small talk sucks it's hard it's hard for everyone is there anyone in this room that feels they're actually good at small talk oh good yeah, oh that's no. more than usual one time we asked and uh we got one person and we kicked them out so, <laughs> um, he will be allowed to stay. So you're bad at small talk because it feels unnatural to have, but it's really, 
I think you have to get more accepting of the fact that it feels uncomfortable and you will get better at it. It is a skill, I would say. It is for sure a skill. Um, so small talk is that step between meeting somebody and having a full-blown conversation with them. You can't just meet somebody and then ask them about their feelings about their mother. Um, like, that's not how friendships work. There's, it's a stepping stone. Um, so if people are like, oh, I hate small talk. I never do small talk. Like, I just go, I jump right into it. You, maybe, like, take a step back and think about, like, what the comfort level you are assuming with this new person is. Uh, and maybe consider asking them how they feel about the weather. Uh, because it's it does seem superficial, um, and that's because it is. Uh, but when you are at that level with another person, it's good to acknowledge that you don't know them very well. Yeah, it's it really is a courtesy for all parties involved. And just like anything else, if you want to get better at small talk, you kind of have to uh, practice. Like and practicing in this case I think means like doing it over and over but also like listening to people that are good at it is helpful like if you want to become a better writer you write and read more if you want to get better at small talk you should listen to people that are super good at it and Trent and I always recommend NPR's Terry Gross yeah listen to some interviews Uh, if you listen to some interviews you'll understand what it's like to go into a room with a person that you don't know and get them to tell you about themselves Um, so Terry Gross is really great at that Cool. Have you yeah. ever listened to the Tim Gunn and Terry Gross? Oh, many God, times. So good. Yeah, that's a really good place to start. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, I think to wrap up here, Trin and I want to talk very quickly about uh, a little project we're working on. Yeah. We are currently in the middle, literally like dead center in the middle of a Kickstarter project, Kickstarter campaign, where we are uh, offering 35 postcards that say nice things to your friends. We hired designers. One of them is in this room. Hi, James. He's a designer on the project. And we are not designers, so we hired actual artists. But we did write the postcards. And um, I'm going to have Trin do uh, some dramatic readings of a few of them. So here are some things that these postcards say. And I'll let you pick which ones you want to read, Trin. You deserve to be surrounded in people who are good to you. You deserve the very best. I'm sorry that you're dealing with internet trolls. Here in real life, you are loved and supported. Oh, yeah, I want to do that one. I said some really shitty things while I was angry, depressed, embarrassed, drunk, or other. That's not how I really feel, and I'm sorry. Oh, this is a good one, too, for this audience, I think. Oh, yeah. Okay. This is another apology one. I'm sorry that your favorite celebrity couple got got divorced. Your show was canceled. Your favorite lesbian got killed off. Your fave (laughs) became problematic. All right. All right. (laughs) My favorite one, and we can finish here, is, you got a pet. Can I come over? (laughs) And uh, on that note, we actually have samples of the postcards to share with you, so hit us up after one if you would like one. Give one for free. Okay, hold hold on. You're going to sit here until I can play the theme song. Oh, yeah, we have to play the theme song, yeah. Thank you for coming. Thank you. 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 Thank you.